when the truth is now treason, a podcast that annihilates the lies but defends justice and truth, particularly the truth. know it's been a while since we've covered this why do we call you guys traitors because if you live in this day and you are a defender of the truth and the rest of the world sees you as a traitor so we don't mean it as an insult it's a compliment and so welcome again my fellow traitors we are doing another thanksgiving episode and before we get started would you do us a favor and be sure to hit any like button that you see <laughs> rate us if you can And definitely be sure to check out our newly designed website. We think it looks pretty cool. So please go to that website and there is a link somewhere on the homepage where you can contact us, send us an email and let us know what you think. I know that Will would love to get your feedback on how he did in putting our website together. I'm Dietrich and she's Lennox. You know, just like the famous John Lennon song says, Another year older, and what have you done? If you were like most of us, when it comes to the Thanksgiving season, you think, I need to be more thankful this year. And then when you come back to the next Thanksgiving, it's really hard to see how you've done a better job at being grateful. This is something that we've had to practice here at Truth Is Now Treason. Yeah, there have been challenges this year that we've never faced before. And there were times where it was hard to be thankful. Is being thankful, though, something that is important? Well, evidently God thinks so. I mean, how many times is gratitude mentioned in the Bible? The Bible mentions the word gratitude 157 times. Now, it does not appear as frequently as fear not, which is said 365 times, but it appears more than thanks or thanksgiving, which is mentioned 72 times. And we're just going to slap gratitude and thankful together because they are similar. But what is funny is that they are not mentioned nearly as many times as fear not. And I ask, why would that be? You know, if you think about it, fear creeps into our lives through those small cracks and crevices. And fear can come in such a subtle way, too, in almost any form. I mean, we can fear about paying our bills. Can we pay them this month? We can worry or fret, which is a form of fear about keeping our job or getting a job, fear about something in our relationships with others, fear of offending if we speak the truth to someone, or we can worry about whether that person likes me or is mad at me. Nowadays, we can fear for our country or even our future. And just recently, you know, you're hearing all these things about crime. I mean, we can worry about whether crime is going to be at our front doorstep. I mean, fear becomes our focus. So how often does that fear take away our ability to be thankful? You know, the fact is that when we're fearful, we are focused on things. We're not thankful. We're placing our focus on what could happen instead of what is happening. And these are polar opposites. But fear isn't the only thing that can take away our thankfulness. Envy, greed, and pride are all things that can take away our ability to be thankful. Yeah, when we're envious of what others have, we're not thankful for what we have. Envy has its focus on desiring what others have 
and hating them, or I guess a better word might be disliking because we believers don't hate, right? (laughs) (laughs) We can dislike or hate, however you want to say it, those people because they have what we want. And there are numerous stories out there about envy and none of them are good. Yeah, when we're greedy, we're never satisfied, which again prevents us from being thankful. Just remember the Greek myth about King Midas and what happened there. And I actually had never heard of this story before, but it's kind of cute. It's like a children's story. It has a moral to the story that we're going to share at the end. But it's Midas was a rich king who ruled a country. He had everything a king could wish for. He lived in luxury in a great castle. Who wouldn't want to live there? He shared his life of abundance with his beautiful daughter. And even though he was very rich, Midas thought that his greatest happiness was provided by gold. So one day, Dionysus, who was the Greek goddess of wine and revelry, in other words, she was the Greek goddess of sex, passed through the kingdom of Midas. Now, when Midas met Dionysus, she was very grateful to Midas because of a kind deed that he has done. So as a result, she promised Midas and to grant any wish. So Midas thought about this for a while and he said, I hope that everything I touch becomes gold. Well, Dionysus warned the king to think about what he had wished for. Midas was positive. This is what he wanted. So Dionysus promised the king that from that following day on, everything he touched was going to turn to gold. So the next day, Midas woke up eager to see if his wish was going to come true. He extended his arm, touching a small table that immediately turned into gold. Midas jumped with joy. He then touched a chair, the carpet, the door, his bathtub, a table. And so he kept on running in his madness all over his palace until he got exhausted and happy at the same time. Then without thinking, he just turned to have a grape. It turned into gold. (laughs) Then the same thing happened to a slice of bread and a glass of water. Suddenly he started to fear what he had wished for. You think he realized, wait, this might be why Dionysus made this warning to me. (laughs) So tears filled his eyes because of that, and his daughter then entered the room. Without thinking, Midas hugged her, and she turned into a gold statue. He became despaired because of it. He raised his arms, and he prayed to Dionysus, and he prayed, take this curse from me. This god heard Midas and felt sorry for him. She told Midas to go to the river and wash his hands. Midas did so, and he ran to the river and was astonished to see gold flowing from his hands. When he turned home, everything Midas had touched had become normal again. So because of that, Midas hugged his daughter, and he decided he was going to share his great fortune with the people of his kingdom. From then on, Midas became a better person. He was generous, and he was grateful for everything he had. His people led a prosperous life, and when he died, they mourned because they'd lost their beloved king. And Midas was no different than what we are, where we think money is the answer to everything. And greed got him into a pickle here. He asked for something that didn't bring about fruitful returns, but soon became a curse to him, which is what greed eventually brings about in our lives when we are that way. Obviously, this is a children's story, and it had a happy ending, and we're thankful. But in real life, it isn't always a happy ending. In fact, usually it's not. You know, also when we're focused on our pride, our focus is on how others see us. Now that's something that can never be satisfied. And what is the end result? We're not thankful. You know, often with our pride, this is the problem. We're comparing ourselves to others. I'm better than so-and-so at having money. 
I'm better than my neighbor at being smoking hot. I am better. I am better. But that's where the problem lies. There will always be someone who is better than you at something. And the quickest way to depression is to compare yourself to somebody else. Because that's where jealousy kicks in. That's where envy kicks in. And when you have those things going on, there's a lack of thankfulness. And if we were to be honest, being thankful can be a challenge at times. This is what being thankful comes down to, though. And it's very simple. I like to keep things simple. If you like keeping things simple, why is it my life became complicated when I married you? Because you made it that way, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Being thankful can be very hard to accomplish. And it comes down to this question. What is your center? What is the thing that you cherish the most? And this is where we would like for you to take inventory of yourself. What is your center? Ask yourself this question because this is a key to thankfulness. Yeah, your center could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be your family. It could be your job. There are a million different things that we could make our center. And a lot of these things are good things. But here's the problem. Even having a good thing as your center as the thing that means the most to you, can be destructive to you. Yeah, because spouses will fail and irritate you. Cough, cough, Dietrich. (laughs) 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 Your children will do things on purpose to make you mad sometimes. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what age or how wonderful they are, you might lose your job. Your family lets you down. These are all things that can happen and they are all out of our control. There is nothing you can do about any of these things. For the most part, you cannot, no matter how much you want to, control other people. It just doesn't work. And you can't control situations. There are times where things happen that we do not have any control over. If you make situations, people or things your center, they will fail you and it will hurt you. I want you to consider this. What if you made Christ your center? What if he is the thing that meant more to you than anything else? This is something that we have done at Truth Is Now Treason. We practice making Christ the center of our lives. And let me tell you, this has helped us to be thankful above and beyond anything else. And can I just add there, I hear so many people that say they love God. I hear so many people that say they pray. But when you ask them to go to church, they're not interested. When you ask them to come to a women's little small prayer group, they're not interested. That isn't making Christ the center. That's making yourself the center. And so that's why we're asking this question is because thankfulness comes from that very question is making Christ your center, making him a priority. And we have faced challenges this year like never before in our lives. And it was a bear, let me tell you. But we had to look beyond our challenges. We had to look beyond our hurt to the God who we know can carry us through all of these things, these challenges. And what happens is we become thankful. Our perspective changes about our circumstances, no matter how dire they may be. And speaking of being thankful, you know, it is hard to believe this is our second Thanksgiving doing this. You know, if you look back at our previous Thanksgiving episode titled Enough, and I challenge you to listen to it, it's actually one of my favorites. Occasionally, I will go back and I will listen to that episode. And what comes to my mind is how I had no idea that I had a brain tumor 
growing at the time of recording that specific episode. And Dietrich and I were going through some stress over a broken relationship. And I hadn't had my knee surgery yet. And I was in pain hobbling around. But what catches my attention every time I listen to it is how happy we were while recording that episode. And our life was just beginning to fall apart around the time we were recording it. But the message of that episode was being thankful for whatever you had, making what you have, making it enough, let it be enough. And also we shared how we were thankful to be alive. That was one of the things we were thankful for last year and not knowing what was coming. And here we sit a year later. Yes, we still are thankful to be alive once again but with that meaning even more now. You're going to hear more about that in early 2024 when we release our episode called Our Story, God's Faithfulness. It's going to be something we didn't know we were going to get through, but God carried us through. You know, I can think of two examples from the Bible where people gave thanks no matter what circumstances they were in. Now, one was Jesus. He thanked God for five loaves and two fish while feeding 5,000. Remember that? Now, notice he did it before any miracle happened, but he prayed with expectation and confidence that he would have enough to provide for that crowd of people. But notice what it says afterwards, then the people were satisfied. Yeah. Also, Jesus gave thanks before going to the cross. I mean, when he was having that last meal with his disciples, he gave thanks to God despite what he was going to be facing that coming night. I mean, that's the most horrible thing that a human could face, and he had a thankful heart. Wow. Yeah, the second example that comes to mind was Jonah. Now, did you know that he prayed and gave thanks to God while he was inside the belly of the fish? Now, this was really a situation that Jonah caused himself by not obeying God's will to preach to the people in the city of Nineveh. Instead, he ran and got swallowed by a big old whale. (laughs) Yeah, and so while he was inside this whale, Listen to what Jonah said. This is in Jonah chapter two. He says, then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. I'm worshiping you, God, calling out in thanksgiving. I'll do what I promised I'd do. Salvation belongs to God. Yeah, he could have fretted and feared about his survival. I know I would. He could have grumbled at God saying, why have you cursed me? He could have continued on with that prideful, angry heart saying, you didn't do this to so-and-so, why me? But instead he obeyed and he thanked God. So what are you facing in your life that is preventing you from being thankful? My guess, it's something that you have no control over because those are the things that prevent us from being thankful, things we cannot control. So if you can't control it, why don't you hand it over to God? I want you to listen to Psalm 100. It's a short psalm. It'd be something real easy to try to memorize. It says this, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. And I always like to turn what I read into like a prayer for myself and make it applicable to me. And so that's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. Take this Psalm 100 and make it your own prayer. And here's just an example of how you could turn it around 
and you could say it every day. It says, I will choose to be happy because you, God, are here right with me now. I will recognize you as the God of the universe and the God who I invite into my heart to be my Lord. You told me to be thankful, so I will choose laughter, joy, and thankfulness right this very minute. And I am thankful for, and you fill in the blank, because you are all loving, generous, and loyal to me. I will continue to sing your praises, which means I will continue to tell others about what you are doing in my life that is good. Thank you, God. And one of the things we want to challenge you to do is that spot where you fill in the blank. Why don't you fill in the blank with this? Take whatever it is that you're facing that's the hardest thing you've got in your life right now and say, I'm going to thank you, God, for how you're going to solve or how you're going to carry me through whatever it is you're facing. That's you thanking God for what he's going to do ahead of time. You know, if you continue to pray this prayer that David did, you're going to see benefits to being thankful. Your heart, mind, and actions will begin to change for the good. You're going to feel peace, but not just peace. You're going to feel God's peace. That's peace that goes beyond anything else. You're not going to just feel joy. You're going to feel the joy of God. And you're going to feel something that's very elusive in this day and age, contentment. You just look at people around you and there's almost nobody that's content. It's something that's so elusive. You can get that through making your life about praising God and thanking him for how he will take care of you. And also you won't be deceived by Satan's lies because you'll be filling your mind with truth (laughs) and God will give you a different perspective about your circumstances and you won't be defeated like Satan wants you to be. You won't be envious of others and you'll be able to live in the present so you can be about God's purpose, which is what the enemy wants to deter you from. So don't let him say that Psalm 100 prayer. Make it yours as well. So make sure you have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. And remember, the following week, we won't be releasing an episode because we want you to enjoy your families. We know that listening to Truth Is Now Treason can ruin your life. And so we won't have it there for you. (laughs) Well, listening to Lennox might encourage you, but (laughs) listening to Dietrich might discourage you. So we want you to take a break from Dietrich. Until Until next time, time, my my fellow fellow traders. traders. Gobble, 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 gobble.